Hello, and welcome back to Making an Artist. I'm your host, Shanna Schramm, creator of Life of the Potty and coach to women identified creatives. We have a wonderful conversation for you all today, but first, let's talk a little potty business. If you are a women identified creative and you happen to be in Chicago July 21st, snag a ticket to Cultivating Creative Confidence, a workshop at the Roby. There's a link to tickets in the show notes. And a new Life of the Potty sketch is on the horizon, so keep your eyes peeled for a premiere date. Also, I am super excited and happy to thank new Life of the Potty patron Jenny Battenberg. All the art created under Life of the Potty is supported by patrons. If you want to find out more about how to become a patron, visit patreon.com backslash life of the potty. And thank you again for all of your support. I can't tell you how much I really appreciate it. Now back to today's episode, which features guest artist, comedian, podcaster, writer, host, singer, violinist, and self-taught cellist. I'm not sure there isn't anything Triple can't do. And in today's episode, we talk about punching up in comedy, being allowed on TV even though you have wrinkles, and how a mother can make you funny. Enjoy. I used to get bullied. You know? Oh. Well, before... Listen, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how... Let's talk about all the tragic shit in your life that made you funny. Oh, yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, that is exactly what well, it is. Well, and you're like the first, you're actually the first comedian I've had on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, welcome. Wow, thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're so welcome. I always wanted to be the first black woman or something. So I want to be the, the first, first black, black woman. <laughs> but I am the first black woman comedian. Yes. Yeah. There you go. You're the first. Welcome, Tribble. <laughs> The first black woman comedian on Making an Artist. Cheers. Amen. Cheers to that. Cheers to inclusion. I love it. I love to be included. I love including others. I love being included. Now, including others I don't really like. (laughs) I don't reach out to people. Like, I would almost rather be alone. Most of the time. I think, is that a comedian thing? I don't know. Because I'm a pretty alone person myself. Yeah. And I feel like I hear that a lot or I've like witnessed it a lot from other comedians. Like Jim Carrey, that mm-hmm. guy's like a super loner and like the way that I see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like there's like, I call it extrovert introvert. There's actually, I think another word for it called ambivert. Yeah. Where like when you're in public, like you're super extroverted and like you, you MC, you host shows, mm-hmm. like you, people like hire you to do that. Right. Yeah. And, but then you do like have to go home and be quiet for like a day and a half and not yeah, speak to anybody. Like three days. Okay. Yeah. 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 There are whole weekends when I don't even leave the house. Same. Like, I will stay in my room. There will be packs of, like, bags of chips, empty yeah, bags of chips. Yeah, surround yourself <laughs> with snacks. Yeah. And um, I, like, so there's this um, concept. I can't think of what it's called, but it's basically that, like, nobody is really an extrovert or introvert. Like, mm. we have moments where we know how to tap into our energy in different ways. Yes. So, like, being an extrovert means that you get your energy from out side yes being an introvert means you get your energy from inside yes and so and so I can see that in being a comedian because Mm -hmm. when you create jokes you're getting that from your your own perspective like comedy reveals universal truths and you deliver them (laughs) from your perspective right right right. so you have to constantly yeah 
And I'm very um, introspective, mm. extremely to a fault. <laughs> and so, like, um, yeah, like, like, what was it? The ex- what is it? the examined life isn't worth living, but then the overexamined life is kind of also not worth living too. Because <laughs> it's like, well, can you just fucking relax? Right. Like, when will you relax? Like, like there's never enough. Like, I never have enough time to fix all the things. That I have, <laughs> that I have examined in my own mind, it sends me, it drives me up a wall on a daily basis. So yeah, so I think um, as a performer, I do get my energy from outside of me because I like to be, and it's not even that I like to perform. Like mm-hmm. I do like it, but it's not like I like the attention. I think that I like it because I'm good at it. Ooh, you, you are know? good at it too. I think I saw you do a set once and you're like, I just made all that up. Like you hadn't even like written it out. Like exactly. you were just ripping the whole time. And I was like, I don't think there's many comedians out there that could do that as well as I saw you do it. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And that's what it is too. Like I, I get to like kind of prove something to myself every time. Mm. Uh, writing, writing jokes is really hard for me. Really? Yeah, because I'm so... I'm always in my head. I live so deep in my head that uh-huh. I always, I constantly have a million things to do. Okay. And so, or like I'll get overwhelmed because I have a million things to do and I need to just relax. And then next thing you know, it's the day of the show and mm. I'm like, fuck, I didn't write any jokes. You're like, I better write some jokes. <laughs> better write some jokes while I'm standing on stage with exactly. a microphone in my hand. <laughs> and I've done that millions of times. <laughs> but I mean, I think that goes to show that you probably are, well, I think there's a like there's a level of like natural com- comedian, right? Like, yeah. That you probably are, and then you're probably very practiced, right? Like, how long have you been doing this? Um, comedy, I've only been doing for a year. Oh, shut up! Yeah, one Look year. I've been hosting though um, for four years. Oh, okay. And that kind of like got me ready to be on stage and to riff really because mm-hmm. doing oh uh, yeah. yeah I started hosting trivia four years ago uh-huh. and and do you want to plug where you host trivia yeah Tell everybody. so I host in Chicago Tuesday nights at Jefferson Tap okay. in the West Loop at oh. seven o'clock and then on Wednesday nights I host at Honky Tonk Barbecue in Pilsen mm-hmm. at 8 30. Cute fun yeah everyone go time. yeah please go because you tell them making an artist it. sent you <laughs> For a discount on free trivia. <laughs> yeah, use the, I love use the good coupon code. <laughs> we got a Groupon for some free trivia. <laughs> you know what? That's actually not a bad idea. Because uh-huh. they'll put free shit on Groupon. <laughs> and I can get hella people to come. <laughs> be like, like, there's a Groupon. I'm coming. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. People don't go to free shit, but they will get a Groupon. They oh, they'll be like, here's twelve dollars to come to this free show. <laughs> be a group on. Be a group, yeah. That's them. So, what brought you into hosting? What brought you into the scene? I'm interested because you're originally from Ohio. Yeah. And what brought you here to Chicago? I love um, everyone's origin tales. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting because mm-hmm. I didn't know what the fuck I I, I never saw this happening. So I've always oh. like I've always been a fan of comedy. Okay. I've always watched stand-up comedy and uh-huh. like sketch comedy shows i used to watch mad tv like faithfully mm-hmm. um i but then church <laughs> right <laughs> i went to ohio state for college i'm you know first, first guy yeah 
But go Bucks. What <laughs> the fuck? Somebody pay my student loans. <laughs> um, we're gonna put that PayPal. The <laughs> yes, God. <laughs> the uh, so I'm a first generation college student. Okay. First of you know my siblings to go to college, finish college, and so I really didn't know what you know what I should do. Um, I grew up kind of. I wanted to be an actress when mm-hmm. I was really young. I wanted to be a, a movie Same. star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, but, give me the fake, the, give me the real fur. I didn't care about animals then. Yeah, <laughs> right. I got a fur in my closet now. My dad gave it to me. But, um, but the first audition that I had in high school where... I got into the play, but um, I've always been a singer, too. Oh, I didn't know you sang. I did sing. (gasps) And that was my, yeah, that was what I really wanted to do. And But so the first uh, musical I auditioned for in high school Uh was The Wizard of Oz. (gasps) Oh. Who'd you audition for? part did you want? Uh, Dorothy. Okay, duh. Yeah, duh, right? Because I had played Cinderella, yeah. you know, before that, and I Give was me. like, you touch. Somewhere over the rainbow, bitch. Exactly. I've been over the rainbow and back. But, so I got the, I got a chorus line part. Oh, what the fuck? That's exactly what I said. will roll. Yes, exactly what I said. So I quit doing musical theater. After that, I never auditioned for another show, right? Oh heartbreaking now that I'm an adult I understand like yeah you know and my and I always get mad at my parents like you know what if if it wasn't for y'all if y'all would have made me do stuff like I would have parented me yeah like I would have more than five dollars in my bank account now send me twenty (laughs) dollars I feel the same way that's exactly what it is about gymnastics I was like five foot one and three quarters I was teeny tiny as a kid and I was like, why did you not make me a Dominique Mociano? <laughs> like, why didn't you fucking put my nose to the grindstone? They were probably like, Shannon, you never would have. Like, <laughs> right. But still right. to this day, I'm like, I don't know how to do a backflip. <laughs> it's so mad. And I should be able to. So mad. Yeah. So, um, so I quit doing musical theater and I kind of thought... I went to a very competitive high school um, academically. I did it. (laughs) I played violin the whole time, so I was like, that's What? You and I play the violin? Yeah, I played violin for 11 years. Paul. Yeah. You are wildly, diversely talented. I I just thought of that. Oh my God. (laughs) My latest, I have a new hobby, a new artistic um, passion, and it's it's drawing dick pictures. Oh, no. Will you please draw me one? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We'll put it in the show. We'll link to it. Yes. On the yes. podcast. Um, um, if you guys would like to commission Tribble for her dick pics, yeah. please see the show notes for a link. My artist name is Trib Casso. <laughs> oh, my God. I almost spit out my wine. That would have been such a mess. We would have to clean your Whitney shirt. Right. Oh, my God. Um. Oh, God. So. Okay, dick pics. What brought you to dick? Okay. So, competitive high school, mm-hmm. you played the cello and the violin. And, <laughs> I no, did actually the... teach myself to play cello. When I, was I was joking. I did. Oh, my I, God. I was a, a, like a student helper for my um, conductor, for my orchestra teacher, and for one of his junior orchestra classes. And there was always like an extra cello, so mm-hmm. I would just like play the cello with them. Are you an overachieving perfectionist? Um, I think that I am a little bit of a perfectionist, okay. but I wouldn't say I'm an overachiever. Really? What? 
I just think that I am never you should see satisfied. my face right now, everybody. I'm like, <laughs> I think you might be wrong. No. But you you get to label who you are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I. It's kind of like, it's kind of fucked up too because like if I do something the first time and I don't do it well, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it again. Mm. Or like if I don't do it well and I'm not, into it or I don't need to do it. Like I, I've taught myself how to do a lot of things. Right. Um that I can do, you know, mediocrely. Oh, I'm <laughs> queen at being mediocre mediocre at like everything. Yeah. Like, what do you literally need me to do exactly. mediocrely? <laughs> exactly. Is that even a word? I don't give a fuck. No. I just made it up. Because it's mine. Also my um my uh I'm doing it right now. Uh-huh. My my Verbal communication skills are also mediocre. I can really? never think of the words. My thing is, I said I was introspection, uh, uh, introspe- <laughs> introspective, <laughs> introspective as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never am satisfied. Well, with how I do something, like nothing is ever going to be like. When people, even after shows, performances, people are like, "Oh, that was so funny." Mm-hmm. Like that <laughs> is not. An, I didn't think it was funny, and I'm probably never, no matter how good I get, I probably will never think I'm the funniest or funny enough or well, good enough at certain things. So I would say a perfectionist, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to label myself as an overachiever because even no matter how much I do, it's never enough. For you. Yeah. I think it's enough for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, you, probably. But for you, I think it's a different story. And I think that's very common, though. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I, I, I definitely, I mean, have I suffered from that? Please. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I kind of got to a point where I'm like, I'm going to give a baseline performance out there. Like, I know what my baseline's going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, I know where I can hit. Regardless, like if I got my period, if I like have the flu, which if I have the flu, I'm not going to come anyway. <laughs> I, I'm not that hardcore. Like, no, no. I'm like, nobody it's, paid me a $300 million. Exactly. Year, so it's not, probably not even worth I'm gonna it. I'm going to stay in bed. Yeah. Like, but I think now that I've like kind of come to this place where I'm like, I set an intention of like, hey, I'm going to try and do my best. This is what I want to give this audience. And then if I can do that, then I'm happy. Yeah. Er. Yeah. I should say. Yeah. Because I'm never fully satisfied. Right. Quite either. And I think that's kind of always going to be the issue for like every artist. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And that's the hard part with being, with having that like introversion too mm. because. Because you sit with it by yourself. Yeah. Because you sit with it and it's <sighs> oh, like. Okay. it The way that that fuels you can be different. You mm. know, for a lot of artists like. I think about Robin Williams a lot Ooh, because he yeah, suffered time. with depression and mm-hmm. he, and now like performing and having to go through something really hard and still having to get on stage and make people laugh mm-hmm. and getting off stage and feeling like the lowest of the low, you know, mm. still, you know, and yeah. then not being satisfied with your performance and having to sit with all of that. It just, it can be very heavy. And it's like, too, when you have to get on stage and make people laugh when you are feeling dark, yes. you know, like that also feels very lonely, yeah. you know, because nobody has an, nobody has a clue how you're feeling, mm-hmm. really, and nobody is going to ask because you're the clown in the mm-hmm. room, you know. So 
I, I, I don't know. So that it, it can be, it can be very like hard mm. on, on mm-hmm. artists in general, but like that, I mean, that's how it works in my life. Yeah. At that point, well, so. and I think, I mean, gosh, there's always been that joke. Like I remember when I came, did improv and like just the most depressive people, like, <laughs> but they were fucking hysterical. Like everybody was super funny. A lot of folks had some alcohol problems and some drug issues. Yeah, may have dated one or two of them. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Um, but it's it's. I I don't want to say that like being funny is because like things have been hard for you before, but exactly. Well, there. I mean. And something I was going to ask you before when you were saying, like, have you ever played with your darkness in comedy? Mm-hmm. And, like, how does that feel for you? Um, so, I agree with you. So, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I love stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. And I always, the first thing I do, not even the first thing, but one thing I do with every comedian is I try to find what is their fatal flaw. Ooh. So, that's that, like, Shakespearean uh, yeah, yeah, comedy yeah. thing. Like, the the protagonist always has a fatal, fatal flaw, flaw, right? So, yes. that's where their, you know, their comedy comes from. So, yeah. like, uh, Mike Epps talks about how his mom was on drugs when he was growing up. Yeah. Um, That'll be a Dave Chappelle flaw. has always been an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> 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 uh, like, Cat Williams and um, Kevin Hart are really short, you right. know? So, like, there's always just something that they can't change. Right. That they, they can't have to change. defend themselves against. And so they create the armor. Yeah. Which creates the comedy. Exactly. Uh-huh. And that, and it, it helps people to overlook that thing, right? So, I have tried to play with my darkness in comedy, but for me as a young comic it's really hard right okay I, I sometimes like <laughs> I'll try to write a joke from something hard that happened and then it just ends up being very sad uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm sure. like I can't I cannot say this um but and do I, you try it and does yeah. it like fail or yeah. it bombs it 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 doesn't bomb necessarily I, say, I don't think it bombs no because you know it if I I can riff and like mm-hmm. kind of bring it back or go to something yeah, different yeah, yeah. but it hasn't turned out exactly the way that I wanted to. Oh, and really? there's a lot of other things too that I want to talk about or that I could talk about that come from like the mm-hmm. dark parts of my life. And and but I haven't tried yet to mm-hmm. make those things humorous. Well, and I think too like I think there's a level of healing you have to do with the things yes. before you can bring them onto the stage. Yeah, cuz right? there's a lot that we carry that we don't even realize <sighs> that we Just ask my therapist. She knows. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. She's like, bitch. Hello, girl. What are you Bad eating lady. and drinking? <laughs> you gonna hurt your back. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot that we carry that we don't even know. And I, I spend some time trying to unpack those things. Yeah. But what's your process? Like how like you said you spend some time unpacking those things. Like what is your process? Is it just like, oh shit, it's the day of the show? Or yeah. is it like anything? Um I write when things come to me. Okay. Like if I see something like funny, yeah, I make yeah. a note I, in my phone. I have an mm-hmm. ongoing list me of too. like jokes, or I'll think of something like, "Oh, let me try to write this out." Yeah. Um, this month I took the Femme Comique class. Oh, I love yeah. that class. She gave I me took both of those. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a long cool. time ago. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah. Um, so Alex Kuhlman, who was teaching mm-hmm. this, um, my class. Uh, she's really great. And she's she, hilarious. Yeah, she's yeah. so funny. She's so fucking funny. She's so. There's been so many times where I have like screamed laughing. Yeah. Not even just at her too, but the other young ladies in the class are 
hysterical. I love it. And, and it's a great so way to meet other ways. female comedians yeah. and stuff like that, too. Yeah. yeah. And it's so cool to see how different people are and how differently they think, but mm-hmm. also how alike you are with yeah. people you would never even talk to. Probably. I know. Because we think we're all special, unique little flowers, and we are, but we also aren't. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, and in that class, I've seen some of those comics do very dark... Love it. Yeah. Yeah, jokes that have been hysterical. And like, one of them dropped a very serious bomb at the top of her set. Good girl. And I was like... <laughs> and then she followed it up right after with a joke very quickly. And I'm like, oh my God. It was Woo! almost like... like yeah going to the edge of a of a building like uh-huh. you're about to fall off and then somebody she pulled like you right yeah. back. oh god so, wow that's so, beautiful to yeah. watch too yeah it was yeah. really good and it's really I, powerful yeah and you could tell it was something that she really needed to find out how cuz she said when she talks about this uh thing that happened to her mm-hmm. um and any other time she just bursts out in tears yeah but when she did it as a joke on stage, it was like she took her power. She was back. able to exactly, exactly. Yeah, so good, so oh, so good. Love to her. Yeah, yes, yeah. But then, so for me, being very introspective and like, also, I pay attention to detail. Like, I pay mm-hmm. attention to other people, like all the time, a lot. Yeah, yeah. and so my like trauma mm-hmm. feels unfair in the grand scheme of things. So I can never really process what to me what what it is I am actually carrying because I always think I couldn't be carrying that it's not that serious it doesn't seem that oh. deep you know but it is it is in the back of but my mind because it keeps coming up right um so those are the things I haven't really explored but like when it comes to writing jokes like I'll see something or hear something and I'll just like take a note and try to write out as much as I can at that moment mm-hmm. um and then I'll leave it alone for a minute, yeah. for a couple give it some days, space. give some space, exactly. come back to it, because something else will have happened yeah, yeah. at that time. Um, and it fills in the joke, probably. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. This For Femme Comique, I was able to use a joke that I had written and performed before, mm-hmm. but I've been spending that eight weeks just workshopping that joke and like turning it. It's It has turned into something completely different that I never even thought Love it. it would yeah. be able to turn into. At first, it was a joke about race. Uh-huh. But I've been trying to get away from jokes about race because everybody's talking about it. Okay. And it's annoying because I just, it's just, it just irritates me. Like it really fucking irritates me. And I I don't want to say the words white supremacy or (laughs) privilege. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that in my comedy. Like comedy is, is, it is to call out um, society, but it also is a means of escape. It also is kind of a way for, and, and in art, I feel like talking about racism so blatantly is not original. Like, it's not. Well, there's the old right, the old writing adage, show, don't tell. Yeah. So you don't even have to say white supremacists are privilege on stage, but right. you can demonstrate it other ways. Right. By sh- right. Or showing instead of telling. Yeah. So the joke is still about race. You, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. still talking about so it, but in, okay. a, in a completely different way okay um and it and I never thought I was going to be able to do it I'm like this is so like blatantly like a joke about race like how can I change this to be able to call out something different like Dave Chappelle does a really great job of doing this Dave Mm -hmm. Chappelle is my favorite comedian 
I mean, he just the stuff that he did is like brilliant. Like yeah. I'm thinking about it in my head, like the blind clansman. Yeah. And like <sighs> Yeah. Who who also like he knew what he could get away with. Right. And like ugh, it's just so good. He he got away with a lot <laughs> in twenty eighteen. Also not today. Uh-uh, yeah. True. Not in twenty eighteen. Yeah. And but he still to me is is one of the greatest comedians. But he does a really good job of creating bits that are Full in like he takes you to a place, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you don't understand that the joke is you understand that the joke is about race, but it's about so many other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he tells a weaves a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so good at it. Like his joke about um, <laughs> about police. He makes the jokes about uh, jokes about police, and um, he's like with his friend. His friend's name is always Chuck. His <laughs> white friend is always Chuck. <laughs> And Are you sure it's like, not Chad? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like every white every, guy named Chad. Yeah, there's so many. I've never yeah. met a black dude named Chad. If I do, I'm going to fucking have a fit. Except Call Chad Wick Bozeman, but that's Chad Wick. Oh, you know different. Definitely Diff. different. Not same. Not, not same Z's. Not at all. Yeah. So you're saying. Um, so, so Chuck is his is the the name he uses for his white friend. Yeah, joke. like his generic white yeah. friend. I love it. So he's like... Um, they're driving, they're smoking weed, uh-huh. and the guy, a uh, cop pulls up next to him, and, Ch- and Chuck goes, I think I'm going to race him. <laughs> I think I know this. Yeah. Yes. And then they get pulled over, and he's like, I didn't know I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And then the joke turns into like, well, if it was me driving, they would be like, lift your balls and spread your cheeks. <laughs> spread your cheeks and lift your sack. We got to check for, you know, drugs. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. how you find a dead black person on the scene, the cops show up, like, sprinkle some crack on them, it's okay. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh and he's yeah. calling out police yes. brutality yes. and he's calling and, out privilege and like so many different things, but he's not just saying like... He's showing. Yeah, he's showing. Yeah. yeah. Or like his joke about he, how he doesn't know what white people eat. I know what you drink though. Just mayonnaise. Grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> just mayonnaise. Just mayonnaise. <laughs> I, go open that fridge. It's full of mayonnaise. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Please. I put it on my hair. I put it in my mouth. Uh, on a sandwich. <laughs> on it's white bread. On Just some fresh white bread. Some funny white bread. Yeah, so he does, a, he does a really good job of that. And I've been like searching for how to like go deeper with um, jokes instead of mm. like just trying to hit for the laugh, you know? Like, yes. The laugh is important, but it is also important for people to remember what you said, you know? I feel like you hit for the laugh in your 20s because you're like trying to figure out. You see, I've seen this with toddlers too. Like around five, mm. five or six years old, kids, people, we try to figure out what's funny. Yeah. And they're really bad at it. Like they'll be like, you're fat. And you're like, let me tell you about how you can't call people. <laughs> okay. Like also like one, it's cheap. Like, <laughs> right. And I'm like, and I, like, or they'll be like farts. And I'm like, listen, you're going blue right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad. It's not good. I'll tell you about the structure of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you. Let me help yeah. you with this. And they're like, yeah. whatever, you don't know anything. And I'm like, bitch, I do. And then no. I get really, really offended. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, listen, I paid money to learn this stuff. <laughs> you started it, you little bastard. <laughs> Hi, do you like what you're hearing? If so, swing on by patreon.com backslash life of the potty and become a patron. This is a listener-supported podcast, so any amount you can support making an artist with is enough and greatly appreciated. If you can't become a patron right now, please rate, review, and share your favorite episodes so we can keep the conversation going. 
Thank you and potty. You know who's really who when you're talking about going deep and stuff. I uh, have you seen Trevor Noah's Are You Afraid of the Dark stand up special on Netflix? Um, I think I have seen half of it. Okay, I thought it was like a master class. Mm-hmm. First of all, I love comedians that do really strong character work because obviously I'm a character. Oh yeah, I was so surprised with him. Being and able he to just do it. wove. It was effortless the yeah. way he would weave it in, mm. and but I also think he does what you're talking about with like super serious shit. Like he's talking about like apartheid and colonialism, and like I feel like I fucking learned something by watching his stand-up yeah. special, and like that's pretty special. Like right. if you are capable of doing that, and I think that we can, we just have to want to be capable of doing that. And like when you're 20s, you're like, I want the ego pop, I want right. that laugh. Right. So you're like, I'll do anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And then you get a little older and a little wiser. Yeah. And you're like, let me like tell a story here. Right. Because that's what we really want to hear. We want to hear the truth. We want to hear a story. Yeah. Whether it's through comedy, drama, whatever, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And it's, um, I think what is really cheap right now about comedy is that people are feeling like as a comedian, you can't really be a comedian because of how people want you to not say certain things or Mm. uh, not shame certain groups or, you know, they feel like it's too PC. But, like, as a comedian, you are given, like, a free pass for certain things. You're given, like, a key Mm -hmm. to, like, be really, really honest the way that people in normal conversation cannot no, be. Would not be. And but that doesn't mean that you have to shame or people be an asshole. Or be an asshole. No. It doesn't mean you have to be racist. It doesn't mean you have to be misogynistic. It doesn't mean any of those things. I mean, I love a good like was it a punch up? Is that what we call it? Yeah. yeah, a punch up. Like I'm like, punch it up, punch it up, punch up, don't punch down. Right. It's cheap. Right. It's easy. It's easy to make fun of a homeless person. Yeah. Like, it's easy to make some of somebody because of their weight or this that and third and it's like be smarter right exactly i think that's what it is to that's me exactly i'm like be is. fucking smarter dude yeah yeah you know? this is the information age so none of us have an excuse about why we aren't following politics or why we don't know what's going on in the world or yeah. why like we don't know what a word means if you don't know something it's because you don't want to know <laughs> exactly you, yeah. you haven't taken the time to educate yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so a lot of people you know technology makes people um apathetic Mm. But those of us who will make it somewhere in life are those of us who will take the time to Mm. use what we have in front of us to elevate ourselves in whatever way. Well, and increase empathy. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about when when comedians are doing jokes to be mean. They're decreasing empathy. Right. They're not putting in to the well if you will I think like yeah yeah, that that that's a major turnoff for me too like I can't do comedians that are like yeah you're it's comedy is not meant to other people it's meant to bring bring us together together in community that we're all laughing at the same fucking thing because god there is nothing better than the sound of like 50 plus people yeah laughing together at the same thing exactly that's the reason why we have so many legendary sitcoms mm-hmm. and how the reason why there's so many 
uh, Nutty Professor movies. Those are really good. <laughs> They're so Eddie Murphy good. is a true talent. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I remember going to see those in the theater and laughing my ass oh off. Oh my God. I think we had them on bootleg. Because <laughs> you know, you can't take everybody. There's six no. of us. We so had, too many kids. They're expensive. Uh, movies are expensive. We had a cousin. I had a cousin who used to work at the movies. Her first job, she was probably 16. She used to work at the movies. And we Get you stayed. for free. Yes. And we go on a two and three movies in one day. I've never done that. Oh, you got to do that. I got to try that Yeah, you got to try it. Yeah. And it's probably a little bit easier at um, now at Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Because they take the ticket, like, before you get into where the movies are. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows what movie you're supposed to be at. You know? How do you know where I'm supposed to be? Right. And I know where I'm supposed to be. They I'm have to be somebody on both movies. sides. Okay. Good to know, everyone. Roosevelt. <laughs> That's where you can still see you there. <laughs> I'm going to go see the book club on Tuesday. Oh, yes. I haven't done that Jane in a Fonda. While. Let's talk about old women getting work in Hollywood these yeah. days. I'm really into that. Jane Fonda. I feel like has she not, she's like never not worked. No. Because that name is just... Well, she's a Fonda. Yeah. But, like, let's also talk about Angela Bassett. Okay. Angela like Bassett? He's, like, 60-something? Is 60? she? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Okay, let okay, me Google, Google that. She's on Fox's 911, which, by the way, is not a good show, but is also, like, my favorite, like, shitty show to watch. I forgot she's on that. Oh, and she's amazing in it. I mean, because she's Angela Bassett. Oh my god, I'm waiting. Wait, I didn't even know she was married to Courtney B. Vance. <gasps> she, oh, that's right, I did know. She's 59, and guess what? She's a fucking Leo. <sighs> Not surprised. She's, her birthday is August 16, 1958. She's exactly 30 years older than me. Okay. And people used to say, me and her look alike when I put on Ooh, a, you um, do. when I put on a tank top. Yeah. <laughs> now that you said it's it, I'm like, you got some structure. guns. Yes, it's you the got a nice structure. Bones. Well, she's got great bone structure. <laughs> she's beautiful. She is beautiful, and like, I feel like she's having, I don't know that she ever fully went away, but she's having a massive career resurgence right now. Like, thank God for that. Yeah. Like, thank God we're like letting old women, older, not old women, (laughs) thank God we're letting older women past 50 be on screen for us now. Yeah, Because that wasn't the case. Yeah. And it's still not the case for a lot of women, I think. Right. Like. You really have to, like, prove yourself, I think, in Hollywood to be an older woman and, and stay on screen. One, Angela Bassett, I feel like we can't even include her. No, that's true, because she hasn't aged a stitch. Uh-uh, because that bitch like, looks good. She looks dude. literally like she did in, like, What's Love Got To Do With It, yes. which is the best Angela oh, Bassett my movie, God. in my opinion. I, I, my best Angela Bassett moment is from Waiting To Exhale. Oh, please, yes. When she's taking this shit out the closet. <laughs> <laughs> when, the, uh, when the firemen come and they fire. say... You know you can't burn anything besides trash in your own backyard. She said, it is trash. It is trash. That's, that is my favorite part. Wasn't her husband in that movie, Courtney B. Vance? Was no, wait. He, in that, he was No, that's, he was in The Preacher's Wife. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was try, try, kind of hoping they like that. I know. That I was trying to make but a narrative for that. they get married them. around that same time. Cute. That's I love cute. it. I'm happy for her. I'm trying to think, was he in that movie? I'm happy for Jane Fonda. Yeah. I'm just happy that like... You can have a wrinkle and still exist and be yeah. an artist. Like, do you watch um, 
What's the movie? The show on Netflix, Frankie. Oh yeah, Grace yeah. and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. You betcha. Yeah, and that's a beautiful, beautiful. And it's story. about friendship. Yeah, it's, it's about not about friendship, and it's very relatable. Yeah, and they give they do give them these like quirky lifestyles mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. make it a little mm-hmm. more relatable, but it's it's still really good, and it's cool to see them on TV and to be able to get a different perspective. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think. I think as an artist for me to be able to see women of a certain age that are older and ahead of me still have healthy, exciting parts yeah. and careers and still be, you know, vital and important parts of, you know, the tapestry of Hollywood, if right, you will. Right. But it just is such a tide turning, you know. I especially love the BBC because I mean they'll let you on there when you're old as fuck. As fuck. Like and they're like, nobody's gotten any work done. Like <laughs> Plastic surgeons in fucking Britain, man. They're like, it's it's totally like, hey, uh, you know, do you have a second chin? Come on, yeah, let's we've, do we've it. We've got a we've got a strong female aid for you to. Pick. Yeah, like, let's do it. You're like, yeah, it's cool. Perfect. I'm into it. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna move to London in like 20 years. That's the one thing that doesn't scare me. So, mm. I'm trying to. I'm I'm trying to decide what's next. Ooh, yeah. Let's talk about oh, what's next. I'll be next. 30 this year. Okay. And I feel like that's a good time to like level up. Mm-hmm. So it is. Oh, I didn't finish my origin I'm story. I'm so sorry. No, yes, it's okay. We do. went on a tangent. Yeah, I'm, this is how that po- this is how this podcast works. There's a lot of tangents. <laughs> it's it's meant to feel like people can listen in their cars and they're like with us. Yeah, you know <laughs> they want to feel like they're in the room. Hey, girl. Hey, be careful. He's a blinker. <laughs> No, so please finish your origin story. Yeah. Um, okay, so I How went to Ohio State. Yeah, that's here it is. So I went to Ohio State. Uh-huh. I always like sang, so I used to sing for every fucking thing. I love it. But when it came to like speaking in front of a crowd, I couldn't do it. Really? Yeah, bad, terrible, horrible. But that's <laughs> so okay. And this is, doesn't really actually yeah. Yeah, so I moved here with a marketing degree. I got a job um, to come here. Mm-hmm. At a logistics company. Ooh. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it actually taught me a lot about gentrification in Chicago. It, 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 so <laughs> I went to that's work That's another them. podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. But I went to work with them in sales uh-huh. because I've, all, I've always had a personality. Mm-hmm. I can talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, you'll be so good at this. Like, but sales. Yeah, but I was terrible at it. I didn't want to do it. I hated it. I got yeah. fired two years, two and a half years later. Okay. So I went to work for Groupon for one month. Okay. Or was it one month or three? And while I was at Groupon, I met a guy there who hosted Trivia. Oh, yeah, and, lots of artists at the, at the Groupon. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, and we were in a sales training two program. two former Groupon workers on the show. Yeah, because, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's huge, and it's it sucks. I, did, I, I knew I That's didn't the, want that the job. the general consensus. Right, yeah. I knew I didn't want that job, but I needed the a job great, because unemployment was coming to an end. <laughs> so, Swips. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, so I met him and I saw him do trivia and I was like, oh, I can do this. And, yeah. um, by that time I was dating someone who was an artist, uh, a poet, an actress, and, um, she actually got me into doing the Fly Honey show. That's how we met. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So the first year. I, I know was, who this person is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> His wifey. Hey. So, um, and so seeing the Fly Honeys be artists. 
was like, what? People can do this? Like, what? all my friends were corporate, you know. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Like, I didn't oh, have wow. any artist friends before okay. that, really. Okay. Um, I had met some people who were, like, rappers. I would go to this open mic, mm-hmm. you know, every month. And, yeah, like, but, like, just the fly watch. honeys are, like, artsy, arts mix, arts, arts. Yeah, and getting paid to do it. And, like, mm-hmm. their livelihood is to create this. Mm-hmm. And they, they're doing this on their own accord, like, mm-hmm. for, in order to push a dream that they had. Yeah. Or in order to make more art. Exactly. In order mm-hmm. to be able to make more art. Take off your clothes to make more art. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so and, really and so through that and like going to shows with her, um, and, and I was like, wow, like I can't believe that I didn't think this shit was possible. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's it why I went to your business sense of school. Yeah. And so I came when I came to Chicago <sighs> I, I was 23 years old and I would like cry because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I knew there was going to be a time where like this job, I was going to get fired because I was not, I hated it. Yeah. And you I can would be just, good at something and hate it. And exactly. Just, like, it doesn't matter. And so I would like just go party. Yeah. I had a great time. Oh yeah. You know? But I was like, I don't know what I'm good at. Mm. And that is the biggest lie that I told myself for Ooh. so long. Um, and, and I would ask people, I spend a lot of time asking my friends, like, what do you think I'm good at? And they would be like, well, you're really good at talking. You're really good at speaking. You're really good at like, like being, you're really funny. Like you, you know, and I'm like, I don't think, I don't what you are just an idiot. You know, like so you asked them what they you they you, what they thought you were good at, and then when they told you, you were yeah. like, no, you're really shit. Yeah, exactly. So if I ever ask, <laughs> so you were your just opinion, like self sabotaging. Exactly. Every if I ever ask your opinion, just know I'm not taking. Your I'm gonna advice. be. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna be like, well, what do you think? Exactly. That's the better question. What do you think yeah. you're good at? What do you want to do? And at that time, I really didn't know because I, I I was getting so much. Since, you know, the job wasn't going as well as I mm-hmm. thought it would, I was like, wow, maybe I'm not good at talking to people. Like, maybe that isn't what I'm good at. So, fast forward, I met this guy who worked, uh, who was a trivia host. We went to one of his trivia nights. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I, I would like to host trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and this was because I knew at this point I was about to get fired from Groupon. <laughs> And I needed to make some extra money, so you're like, I better like lock in. Yeah, some like shit. uh, you can get paid for this. Like, yeah. So that's how I started. And when I started hosting trivia, people mm-hmm. would come up to me constantly and be like, "You have a great voice. Like, you, you do have a great you should voice. Should be on the radio, mm-hmm. or like, you're so funny, or like, we love the music you play." Um, so I spent a little bit of time being like, maybe I should be a DJ. Uh, maybe I should learn how to DJ. But then I would be like, that equipment costs too much money, and I don't got it. But, uh, and then, so then I was dating someone else who had like an online magazine and, uh, she was like, you know, you can, you can start your own thing. Yeah. Like that's what the internet is here for. Yeah. Isn't that funny how, like if you had come up with that idea, you probably would have been like, nah. Exactly. But then somebody else comes up with the idea. Someone else. I hate the phrase giving permission, but it's it's like a trick. It's yeah. like a mental trick that we pull on ourselves yep. that we can't give ourselves permission. We have to have somebody else give it to us yeah. in order to be validated. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's fucked up, but yeah. it works. It's fucked up, but it does work. So she's, in a, in a way, this person, I don't mm. know if a woman or not, but 
um, this person was a bit of a creative champion yeah. for you yeah. in that regard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. And there was absolutely nothing else good about that relationship. I just want to except for that one thing. Say that in the mic. Say it right. <laughs> the mic is the mic is right here. You should say it right here. That that is the one thing that you got from that relationship. That is the that only is thing. The only good thing that came out of it was learning how to be a self-starter, basically. Yes. Um, hey, that's what you got. Yeah. We're here. That's what we're here for is and to I, teach each other how to fucking navigate and do shit. And sometimes exactly. we're not cool and good people, but we might be worth something in that regard. Hey man, you know, season, reason, lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so like before, before that stuff, I, I would, I was, I would consider myself a self-starter. Like I did a lot of volunteering. But you did teach yourself how to play the cello. So that's exactly, like a thing. Exactly. But I would do things for other people more because I always, well, it's time, so much easier. Yeah. It's so much easier. So I would do like mentoring programs and like, uh, I volunteered at the Boys and Girls Club for a while. Which is amazing. Yeah, and which not, is great. totally worth doing. Yeah, but I, I wanted to push myself into this like mentor role or like teaching role because I felt like, well, whatever dreams I have, I need to, those are over now. Somebody else is, oh. I can help somebody else Ooh, not you. give up when they get rejected. You mm. know, somebody that is my age when I was when in high school mm-hmm, when I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. quit musical theater. Maybe I can inspire You'd someone like, else no, go not to, that to audition. do that. Exactly. And it's like maybe you need to take your own advice exactly. and go to the audition. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. So even this conversation today is kind of refueling me because Good. I still have those struggles every constantly. So we do here at making an artist. Exactly. Make it remaking an artist. Remaking. Well, because well, the other thing too is that. People are in constant motion. We're in constant evolution. We're in constant growth. And also, hello, growth's not fucking linear. Exactly. It's like it's like the stock market. Right. right. <laughs> it's like up and down, up and down, two right. steps forward, ten steps back. Right. You know, like and it's constant. And it's like the best thing you can do is like strap yourself in and just fucking ride, man. And then do whatever it is that you want to do. Right. Because here's something else is like People are afraid of what they want. Yeah. People are afraid of their desires. Right. And I still don't know quite know why. I think I know why because we're all like, oh my God, like what if I actually get my desire or yeah. whatever? Or what if I or don't? what if I don't? What if I don't? Like we see well, so many movies that have to do with like mm-hmm. someone living with regret or contempt for Sucks. their lives because they didn't get to where they want to be. And like, that's the thing. I've been thinking a lot about how movies, I want to write a bit about this, mm-hmm. about how movies... And like entertainment media mm-hmm. kind of structures our idea mm-hmm. of who we're supposed to be. Yeah. So like cop movies. Mm-hmm. Like, can we stop making cop movies? Because like I was watching Bad Boys, too, which is really good. I was watching <laughs> Bad Boys is like one of my favorite movies ever. So good. But these motherfuckers just go around shooting people the entire time. <laughs> Any conflict they have is dealt with, like, with blah, the blah, gun. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So you're like. <laughs> I'm imagining myself being inspired to go to the police academy after watching Bad Boys. Like, yes, I'm going to murder everyone. Everybody. You're driving, they're driving cars through buildings and shit. Like, and it's like, no, that's not going to That's happen. not how being a cop works, guys. So I think we should ban cop movies. Okay. A moratorium on cop movies until like yeah. the year 2040. I'm into yeah. that. Yeah, or until we abolish police. One or the other. We One abolish or police or abolish police movies. Other. Or at least we like rework the psychological profile that we allow become a police officer. Honestly. I'm very into that. Honestly. We got to, it's something. But, but so yeah, so we... Thank we were, God we were artists. Right? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but we we're given these ideals of like how life will work for you because of the movies we watch mm-hmm. and the things that we ingest. Well, the tropes and yeah. all those things too. And well, and I think kind of going back to what we were talking about with like women of a certain age becoming more viable as like you know people who can bring an audience into a theater or something. Like we'll let them we'll let them talk. <laughs> and and I think this is happening with you know women screenwriters. And you just got. Um, you just wrote a thing. You wrote a pilot. Yeah. Tell me about that. I can't Congratulations believe on that, this by is way. happening. Thank tell me, you. Tell me. Tell, tell everybody. Oh, I can't believe this shit is happening. So, we're, well, we're finalists for the uh-huh. CMA Digital, um, the L Award. Yes, for, which is a new, like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know how much of a blessing it would be if we got this money? And we went uh, to an interview, and we were like, oh, my God, I think we're going to get this money. <gasps> when are they going to let you know? Probably next month. The end of this month, early next month. It's can I say it? How much? It's fifty k. But what did you? What like? Tell me like about that process. Like this is what I think is so cool. It's happening right now. Is that we're like shaking the fucking tree. Exactly. And I think me too. I think times up. All has something to do with this fact of like we are allowing you know women of color, people of color, non-binary. Everybody is getting a shot now. Yeah, and, and I it's know, super exciting. I know that. A lot of the reason that we are probably in the running for finalists is not just because of this, because we definitely have a great team. So I'm co-creating this Mm -hmm. um, web series with Mike Fry, who Mm -hmm. is um, previously was a screenwriting professor at Columbia. Awesome. He's written for like The Cosby Show and Fresh Prince. Oh my God. So he's like a pro. Yeah. He's one of uh, Lena Waithe's mentors, you know, so... When she would uh, see my face, I'm like, ah! Yeah, so like, amazing. definitely an amazing team, an amazing project that we're working on, but uh, but I know that, like, my story hasn't been told. As a, les- a black lesbian woman, mm-hmm. my story has not and is not no. being told. It's barely scratched the surface. We, and, you got one person out there that's Lena Waite. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> exactly. You got because, one Lena. Because, because Miss Queen Latifah won't come out the closet. Still? Still, she kind of is, but she doesn't talk about it. Oh man, which is annoying. And then it's also like your personal thing, but it's also like, yeah, like come on, bruh. Visibility. Who knows what's going on in her life? Yeah, that's true. But she has also brought visibility to Black lesbian stories Mm -hmm. by playing, yes, by playing them. Yeah, and set it off, and in mm -hmm. Chicago, even. Mm Yeah. So, but. So the project's great, um, but I but our story, my story is not being told, and people want to hear this story. Yes. People want to hear their story. Are you want to tell yeah. the story? Okay. Yeah. So it's called the project is called Good Jeans because whether or not we get this award, you're gonna produce it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's called Good Jeans, um, and it's about a young black queer woman who is just fresh out of college. Um, trying to find her way in the fashion industry. She wants to be a fashion designer. And she has um, her, she's reunited with her father who Mm -hmm. has been in and out of her life for her whole life. She just lost her mother. She um, inherited, you know, uh, property here Uh in Chicago and she's living with, um, she's renting out space to her two best friends and then her father shows up on her doorstep after being gone for years and needs somewhere to stay of course he fucking does of course but that's that's like um that's like the the story world you know that's the premise um and so what happens between 
the conflict with her father um, and with her budding career okay. and with her love life and with her friendships. It's a human story. It's a human story. But it's, it's about, a human story that we don't see a lot. Exactly. Right. The story overall is about our human desire to want to be loved. Yeah. You know, and to want to give love and yeah. how that looks and how we relate to each other. Um, it's going to be amazing. I'm really excited about it. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I can't wait to see it either. I can't <laughs> wait to make it. Like we're, we've been, um, developing, you know, like very deeply, um, getting into the story world and to the characters and really mm-hmm. who they are. And like, it's been cool for me. This is the first time that I've created a web series. Mm-hmm. I've written for a web series, but you know, just like scene by scene, but like cre- actually creating a story world is like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's insane because you really have to think about like the human dynamic of people and how people interact, interact, and the moving parts of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you do get to kind of spend a lot of time. You know, you spend a lot of time thinking about how different people relate to this central problem yes the universality of it yeah Yeah. so i'm I'm actually i've been reading this book while going through this process um that actually lena waith recommended oh um it is called the anatomy of story Ooh, i'm gonna check that out yeah it's really good um this guy lays out like a seven step process but really within each Set, each of the seven steps has like 50 more steps oh, okay so yeah, you know it's not I mean, it's, everything's layers upon layers upon <laughs> exactly, layers exactly exactly yeah. i mean because we're just we're complicated people exactly and he does a really good job of like laying out just how you're you know developing the humanity of a story world you know mm. instead of just thinking oh you're writing a story like think about what it's going to be about what do you want to say like yeah. it's not about what you want to say it's your your idea of what these characters want to say like what does this Mm. person want to say you have to kind of become these other people in order to tell the story from their perspective and so yeah it's really but so yeah creating the um the project has been really cool and like i'm like if 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 nothing else i'm getting a really great mentor out of it yes and an education and yeah like nothing's ever wasted on these kinds of things like nothing yeah so hold on you're a violinist, a cellist, a writer, a stand-up comedian, a host, a, a rapper, a rapper, a singer. <laughs> yeah. So remember when I was like, "Are you no more cheaper?" <laughs> I guess we do have to come to that. I'm also. Let me just tell you about you right now. Her. Oh right, <laughs> right. I didn't even forget. I didn't even mention that Tribble does her own graphics, and they're really good. And I love Thank them. They're you. super fun and playful. Um, yeah, they, I, I, so I'm So like, you know Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm like. Do you edit your videos too? Yeah. And so you're a video editor. So I'm, yeah. And then what else? Um, that's it. <laughs> now, now I'm dabbling into, um. Oh, dick pics. Dick pics, yeah. Yum, 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 yum. Drawings. I'm super excited. I bought it and I bought a sketchbook when I was in San Francisco at this. So they have this little Japanese dollar store called Deso. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. If you're ever in a bay, you need to go. But, so I, I bought this little sketchbook while I was out there. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to use it to write notes in because I'm obsessed with notebooks. Like, I love I it. Is it like small or is it big? It's big, okay. but it's, it's thinner. Okay, it's to draw spiral. in though. Yeah. To draw the dicks. Yeah. Okay, tell me more about the dicks. So, because <laughs> you're gay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, where do, where do I get in Like, this? you like girls. Yeah, exactly. I'm a lesbian. So, what is the, what's the desire to draw the dick? I'm I mean, I, yeah, I can't it wait came to find from out. A very Please specific tell me. 
uh, inspiration source. Oh, I bet it did. So I, so I used the notebook when I was on the plane coming back just to mm-hmm. make a little doodle. Doodles, yeah, it's fun. And I posted it on Instagram stories and my friend, Mia, she was like, oh, you're an artist too? And I'm like, no, I just like to doodle. And she was like, when I doodle, I just draw pictures of dicks. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, but thank you for this inspiration. And then I, and then I drew two, I drew three pictures uh-huh. and I like sent them to her. And like was I, she like, this she is was everything like, thank I've you. ever wanted? Yeah. yeah. She was like, oh, we're married now. Uh-huh. Thank you. I'm totally in love with you for these dicks. It's like, ah, cool. That's all I had to do. What more potty in your life? Head on over to lifeofthepotty.com and sign up to receive the potty report. It's a super fun newsletter that will keep you knee deep in potty knowledge and goings on. We've always got fun things in the works and you're invited to all of it. I was watching, I actually watched Michelle Wolf stand up last night. You know, she just did yeah. the correspondence dinner. Yeah. And everybody like, you know, got up in there. Like, I love how like the uh, the correspondence dinner like didn't even back her up. And they like, we hired this super feminist mean, like, and she's mean in like a punch up way, I think. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the kind of mean I'm like, that's cool. If you're at the correspondence dinner, you're not doing anything but punching up. Yeah. 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 Because like whatever, you know, there's nothing you, else. You guys run the country. Like get the fuck Seriously. out of Seriously. Anyway, her stand up special, really funny. And she, t- <laughs> might have to cut this from it, but she talks about how um like 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 a ball sack is just like it's like what sad looks like like oh my god like if you're like that's sad she's like oh you could show god. it to a deaf person <laughs> and they'd be like oh thank you for telling showing me what sad looks like, like <laughs> oh my god and i listen i'm that's such a true statement a hetero woman but i <laughs> and she i think she's she's straight too i think but we can all stand in solidarity. Yeah, they're like, balls look like sad. That's hilarious. It's so funny. You should watch this on HBO. I'll give you my password. Please. Oh, thank you. That is so generous. Everyone comes on, I'm like, I'll give you my HBO password. <laughs> I just want everybody to have access. We, I just, I made a funny ass joke the other day. Somebody, somebody, what were they saying? Somebody said something about HBO Go. I'm like, I don't have that. You're not getting no HBO Go over here. You HBO Go your ass home. That's where you got the subscription at. <laughs> I'm going to tell my, my next face. suitor that. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, listen, we're not going to have sex tonight. You can HBO Go home. Take care HBO of your business. Take your ass. Because you know I'm like, I'm not ever giving it up ever again. Not until Trump's out of office. That reminds me that the another reason, I know like... Comedy does come from, like, your darkness or your mm-hmm. fatal flaws. But, yeah. like... One, I love this fatal flaws, by the way. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I know has really made me funny is having a black mama. Ooh. Because my mom would say shit like that. Like... <laughs> and be serious as but fuck. But, like, not trying to be funny at all. No, not trying to be funny. Yeah. And just make, like, the most hilarious pun. But, like, she is really going to punch you in the face if you laugh. Yeah. You know? Like, you have to, like, put that in your pocket and save it for Yeah, later. we used to be. So don't get your ass beat. Yes, we call my mom V Murder because <laughs> she makes so many of these like V Murder, V Murder, V Murder. No V. V. Her I name was is right. Valerie. Okay. Oh, Valerie Murder. Yeah. So there was a rapper in I... uh, No Limit called C Murder. Really want to meet your mom. Yeah, she's crazy. Is she mean as fuck. She she is, but she doesn't think she is. And if you met her, you wouldn't think she is. Oh no, she'd be super nice. She to me would be I'm not her daughter. Exactly. No, no, no. no I, she don't play. I know what you're talking about. No games. She don't play no. 
Neither does Vicky Shrunk. <laughs> You'd be like, call her B murder too. Chill the out. Even as an adult, I have to walk away sometimes. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be like, so your mom made you funny. Yeah, because she says crazy shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. you go HBO, go your ass home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that, that and that shit. Like, you also have to be. You have to have thick skin. Yeah. Growing up with a mother like that because you know that she's frustrated for different reasons. You're being annoying and mm-hmm. you can't. And I used to be, I still am very sensitive. Mm. So like my mom could say something to me and I would just cry. Hurt your feelings. Yes. I would get well, my feelings hurt all the time. And I would like to say, because I, I would like to speak for all of us very sensitive people out there. Yes. That maybe we're not very sensitive. Maybe the other person's just a fucking exactly. asshole. Exactly. And also like maybe there's not anything wrong with being very sensitive. Exactly. Maybe there's, like, something wrong with being an asshole. With being an asshole, right. Right. Yeah. I'm a constantly, though... I was always called sensitive, too. Yeah. And I'm actually, like, yeah, I'm sensitive because I can sense how you're feeling. Right. But don't fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't be an asshole. There's no reason for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But people don't know how to express themselves. And people do a lot of underhanded things. I think that I have... My mom has always spoken over me this gift of discernment right mm. and so I love I, that spoken over you a gift of discernment yeah I'm gonna put that in my notebook <laughs> I like that yeah she has she has always told the me murder with the truth yeah my mom was also very religious very spiritual mm-hmm. um she knows the bible frontwards and backwards she's not the type of person anymore that's gonna like try to pound it into you but uh-huh. she knows the word you know what I'm saying she knows what is true to her and she mm-hmm. knows how to like communicate it. Yeah. So she's always told me that I have this gift of discernment. And so because she has said that to me so many times, mm. she spoke it over me, I'm able to actually practice it. Mm. So whenever people, people, a lot of times they try to hide their true intentions, you know what oh, I'm saying? Oh yes, I do know what you're saying. But there, it's, you cannot hide shit from me. And that's what I, this, like my last relationship and this, uh, relationship I have with some people at work right now, people will try to gaslight you to, in order to protect their lives, you know uh-huh, what I'm saying? Uh-huh, and, and they'll uh-huh. tell you that you're wrong. And so for me, a lot of, and that's a lot of reason why I like to be alone mm. because I know what I know and people do not like their truth to be revealed to their face yeah people do not like i always like can sense what somebody is really saying what they really mean or like the underlying shit yeah um not even underlying but it's like i know that you don't mean what you just said and so when it when there's a uh point if i ever feel unsure and i also feel comfortable enough to to ask Mm -hmm. then i will ask like hey can you help me clarify this because i'm yeah maybe sensing something else and you know sometimes i can be Incorrect, or there if the person is not once ready. or twice, right? Once or twice, but not not very often, you know. <laughs> yes, I and do. it's the most disappointing thing because I don't think that I'm a witch or that I can read people's minds oh, or maybe anything, though. right? <laughs> I kind of think I'm a bit of a witch, but I think that my intuition gives me the like the courage to ask for clarification. And when somebody constantly like tries to tell you that no, that's wrong, but that's you're not wrong mm-hmm. and they're actually lying or they're mm-hmm, hiding mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. you like you know you can't get away from situations like that you have to give people the 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 space to be able to walk away you know what I'm yeah saying? and I when you said that what immediately popped up for me was that when people are dishonest with their 
like perceived intentions it's because they think that the real thing like what they truly want they can't get from being honest exactly and that's not true yeah that's and that's deceptive like why would you choose to be that's weird because because people are afraid of what they really want right because people are it kind of goes back to what i was just saying like i mean way to bring it full circle yeah (laughs) come on hey 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 we might as well be oprah and dr phil Uh, listen oh iyanla Oh, oh Brandy, Brandy, please. Yes, oh, yeah. that's my oh, my. She's like, I always pray in there. And I was like, it. I do too now. Uh-huh. <laughs> because people are afraid of what they want. They think that they have to lie, cajole, steal, manipulate to get it. Because they're afraid of, like, truly being vulnerable enough right. to ask for it. Right. And you'll see it in the create. You, you'll see it in creative work and, and people who want to bullshit you and say, oh, we're going to give you this big, big thing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like. Just tell me exactly what it is that you can give me. Like, Airbnb me right now, okay? Yeah. Like, don't give me the fancy pictures. Give me your iPhone pictures. Like, show <laughs> right. me exactly what it's going to be. Right. So that way when I show up and it exactly meets my expectations, because that's all it is. That's all, like, disappointment is, is mismanaged expectations. Right. And so if you're, like, in a creative project and somebody's like, we're going to have this budget of $60,000 million trillion, and, like, you show up and it's, like, a fucking, like, broom and a stick right right (laughs) you're like "Uh," and then you're doing every you know yeah that's when it becomes the problem and that's when you feel bamboozled or mis yeah treated before we wrap up let's talk really quickly about your podcast oh yeah and it's called it's called p power radio and what does the p stand for? that is the most asked question i love uh, it of p power radio the p does stands for pussy yeah i was hoping so i thought so Pussy with a capital P. All the letters are capitalized. It's the thing in between your legs, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm into it. Yeah, it's about uh, women whose work it is to change the way society views womanhood. And so, like women who have been working through history. So I tell history stories, stories from history, and then I interview people. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty good. I don't know. I got I got some really good affirmation about it from someone in the, in the professional podcasting space yes. recently, and so that Correct. has it fueled me to like congratulations. Get back to it. Yeah, the podcast I am shooting for a relaunch. I'm doing episodes like here and there, but mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to get it relaunched and back consistent okay. um, for the fall. So like okay. the end of August. So T-Power Radio, what else are you doing? I'm doing, we talked about trivia. Trivia. I'm um, hosting a couple things. I don't know what I have coming up. Oh, that's okay. Where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tribs the Cool, T-R-I-B-B-Z, the cool. And on Facebook, I'm at Tribble Tribble. You can also go to tribsthecool.com to uh-huh. find out where, what I'm doing. And you have a cute little website. I went and I'm a very prepared host. I went yes! and looked on it. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. This has me. been a really lovely, fun conversation. Yes, we always have good conversations. We sure do. <laughs> yes. Cheers it Cheers up. Party. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's it, folks. Episode music by Linen Bone at soundandpatternsmusic.com. Podcast art by Jessica Savage. Editing and mixing by yours truly. And to find out more, visit lifeofthepotty.com. Thanks for listening, and as my dad would say, talk at you later. <laughs>